We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. head into the mailbag first Ryan but before we do I just want to thank everybody for um just what was a great great month of September so in 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 August we set a new um Irish breakdown record for podcast play, you know that listens and we had over half a million in September in in, in August which we were super excited about. It was it was over a hundred thousand higher than we ever had. We topped that by over thirty thousand in September. So we really appreciate all of you. Um, we had our biggest actually, Ryan. I was actually looking at this last night. We had our best month of the season uh, or of the year so far in our in our in our uh, our views on the site. Even bigger than January. January is usually a big big month. Um, so, for example, last year we didn't pass the the numbers we had in January till November and December. Uh, this year we did it in September. So we went over a million on both our our main site and our message board. We had over six hundred thousand views on our podcast. So we just really appreciate the the. That's all you guys, right? That's we put the content out, but you guys are the ones watching, and so we are so thankful. Uh, for uh, the fact that you guys are with us and that you're part of this great community. So before we started the mailbag, you know, cause Ryan, you know how it is, you know, you know, that's why I never sleep. Right. Uh, last night I went to bed earlier than the last few nights. I went to bed at five, you know, cause I'm getting all the numbers. I'm doing all the business stuff at the beginning of the month, but it's um, it makes that a lot more fun to do when you yep. look at it and you're like, wow, like we're really doing well. And we didn't see the drop off that we normally see after Notre Dame loses you usually see like a big drop off in numbers and people quit, you know, cause fans can be fickle. We didn't see that with y'all. So this IB community is, uh, you know, that they're not, you know, like we said yesterday, this isn't a place for pansies, man. And our audience continues to show it because they show up no matter what. So I just wanted to thank y'all very, very much for that. And just, uh, no, you guys are amazing. So before we get to the mailbag, I just wanted to thank you all so much for, uh, for what you guys do to help us be able to sit here and do this. Right. Cause if, if it's just me and Ryan talking football, and not getting, you know, not, not making money off of it. Our wives would probably not let us do that anymore. So yes. we appreciate y'all very, 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 very much. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So let's dive into the questions, Ryan, and get rocking and rolling. So now we got that sentimental stuff out of the way. You know, let's dive back into football. You, you get some tissues while we're going through this. No, nah, I mean, I'm just excited, man. Like, I just I just love this community. I, I love IB Nation. I just, I'm always so thankful. You know, you get stressed out and you deal with all the, you know, the, the it's still a job, right? It's still a stressful job that takes long hours. And and then when you see when you see things like what we saw this past month and and, and what we're already doing the first couple of days of October, man, it's like, whew, makes it worth it and just you just rem- reminded of how great this community really is so it's it's appreciated it's appreciated yeah. well we have one of our favorite members not personally because i can't I, I don't have favorites brandon no offense you know like you just you're one of the greats though uh mailbag marcus freeman or coach parker said they ran a lot of two running back 22 sets against duke out of necessity but do you think we'll see more two running back sets against Louisville or rather, would you like to see them continue using it? My answer is yes. I would like to see more two back sets. I yeah. just think Brandon, like, I, I think that it, it's just about being a little bit more diverse with it though. Yeah. You know, as far as the running backs you're using and also it doesn't have to just be 22 personnel, right? Like you could just do some 21 personnel and some 22 yeah. and maybe 23 at times, depending on what right. you're trying to accomplish right like i think diversity is one thing that we've always strive for is something that we've talked about a lot i love potentially seeing two dynamic running backs on the field but you have to understand what you're trying to accomplish and you have to be able to understand also that teams aren't stupid right like they're going to understand that like 
this is what they're running. We need to do right. this in order to stop it. That's where the diversity helps in that regard. And you've got to be always prepared to counterpunch. And the best counterpunch is, Ryan, do it before you even make them. Yeah. That's the key. And yeah. and so, yes, that's why I was talking earlier, like, you know, using Jeremiah Love and, and Jadarian Price in ways that create openings for your receivers, you know, where, where, Hey, let's run them just vertically up the seam out of some of that 21 stuff. They, they do a lot of like the wide wheel and the slides and the swings, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe come in 21 and run an angle concept, you know, uh, different things like that. You know, like one thing I think that could work against Louisville, for example, Ryan, and, and be curious what your thought is. I'd love to see it out of 21 personnel, but line Mitchell Evans up in the boundary and get in your split back. And I, what I would do is I would run your, your, I would take Jeremiah Love and just run him on a seam right out there. So like create a three by one, the way that mm-hmm. that that they respond to three by one verts is going to open up to me a backside angle route from Jadarian Price, or you could flip it and you could hit that sucker and get him to catch and run. Like, cause they're going to react to that seam out of the backfield by Jeremiah Love. Cause teams are king on him now, right? Cause they see what, what you see and what we've talked about, which is, that's the most explosive player they have right now. Yeah, you can't let that close. guy go off. Yeah. Right. And and so there's some different things where, you know, like what I would love to see something like this with Devin Ford in the game, right, is, is run your buck sweep look and run that action, but instead maybe, you know, sneak a guy, sneak your running back through and and maybe hit something or, or do that and then bang a backside glance or something like that. Or it, there's just different things they're going to have to do out of it to where teams can't key on it. But yeah, I mean, and it's not even just about out of necessity, Ryan. It's just like that's your most loaded offensive skill position right now. Yep. And you're absolutely you loaded there. It. Yeah, you got to utilize it and you got to be yep. smart about it. And I like your point about just the, the you, you've got to be multiple with it. You just can't do yep. the same things all the time. And right now, when Devin Ford's in the game, you know he's basically lead blocking. So use that to your advantage. Do something with it, you know, where. Right where you can sneak him and, and and get him going on something would be smart. Yep. And now that Jeremiah Love has been a big threat with the football in his hands, he now can become a decoy at times too, where it's Bingo. like you have to respect number 12, wherever he is on the field. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you have to yep. just give different looks and utilize the strengths that you have as a football team, because there are some yep. spots that aren't incredibly strong right now that you have to be able to yeah. supplement for, or, you know, you know, work yeah. in between, like whatever you want to phrase, like they need to be able to make up for yeah. those, those, those lesser areas they have right now. So. Here's something that I absolutely think they need to do, Ryan, in this game. I would love to see – you're going to love this. You're going to like this a lot, what I'm going to see, because this is from watching watching Louisville. Where I, th- I think they can be vulnerable is they like to get their rover – when they're in like three – when you're in a three-by-one or teams are like an 11 personnel in a two-by-two with the tight end and the boundary, and both of those alignments, they like to kind of have that rover, cheat the middle – and if he sees run action, he's going to insert and trigger and get inside, right? They yep. do that a lot with him, which most rover teams with rovers do. Sure. I would love to see some stuff this week out of 21 personnel. We want to put Mitchell Evans in the in the slot. We want to put him in the boundary. Don't care. But put Jeremiah Love outside, either in a pure three-by-one or maybe do a wide stack and do some stuff with like bubbles and nows off your inside zone RPOs. So you're running mm-hmm. inside zone, and if that guy squeezes down, I'm pulling and throwing to Jeremiah Love on the perimeter. If he stays outside, I'm hammering your box with Aldrich Estime. I would love Just to see some numbers. stuff like that. 
Yeah, yep. love to see that. It's a, it's, that's it's a numbers game it's at stealing. the base, man. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a numbers game, guys. Like that. Why is RPO so effective? Why does everyone just like just clamor for it? It's because you're running or you're throwing to where you have a numbers advantage. Like <laughs> that's just the easiest yep. thing in the world, right? So yeah, yep. I'm there for it. Yeah, I'm there. And for, for the people asking, 21 personnel. Personnel grouping is the way we do them. It's always run, number of running backs on the field first, number of tight ends in the field second. So if we go 21, it's two backs, one tight end, and then receivers kind of whatever's left over. If we go 20 personnel, it's two backs, zero tight ends, and then it would be three receivers. We even saw some 22 personnel this past week, which is two running backs and two tight ends, which means only one receiver. So just a little little quick refresher course for those who uh, who haven't heard us break that stuff down in the past. So I uh, just wanted to, to get you that as well. We have a two-parter here from Tommy Guns. Tommy Guns says, Vince and Sean were trying to come up with a title name for Sam Hartman's fourth down conversion last night. Similar to how we all know what play it is when we hear the bush push. What name would you pick for that play that'll resonate for the next 18 years? Well, it's not going to resonate for the next 18 years because, yeah, but. um, Well, it'll, it'll resonate for the next 18 years if this team ends up with a championship. That's basically what it comes down to, right? I mean, why do people remember Reggie Ho's five field goals? Because he did it on a net. If Notre Dame goes nine and three. In 2000, in 1988, nobody knows who Reggie Ho is. They don't know that he kicked five fields, field goals against Michigan. It's yep. because that was a national championship team, so we tend to remember those things fondly. Sure. So uh, that's how it'll resonate in, in 18 years. It won't, Ryan, to your point, because of whatever we name it, right? Like, like, like you know, Elway's the drive. You know, it was yep. it was the AFC championship game. Of course, remember that. We don't remember it because it was like week six. So. Uh, honestly, I haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about it. Ryan, do you have anything that kind of pops in your head? Anything catchy or witty? So I'm an, I'm an English, I was an English literature guy, so I'm a big fan of alliteration. So okay. the Hartman Hall, he was hauling on that okay. one. So the Hartman Hall, okay. that's mine. There we go. And, and to, Tommy commit. was asking, Tommy texted me and asked me so nicely for just the, the, the picture of the all 22 of that happenings that I even sent him some all 22 because I'm just so nice. Okay. But, there yeah, you go. Nice. Finally being nice to Tommy. There you go. Oh, I'm secretly very nice to Tommy, just not when the public <laughs> sees me. Okay. And it's Irish next blooded. question is from Irish Blood, who says, what kind of crazy trick play do you think JB might try against – oh, uh, Jeff Brom, sorry, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Might try against Notre Dame. Something like the cartwheel he had alignment to against BC this year. Google Willie Tyler cartwheel. I actually saw the Willie Tyler cartwheel. Did Willie Tyler come with him from Purdue? Because – no, I, th- it- I think I think Miller. I, I think Eric Miller's from Purdue. I think Willie Tyler's from Rutgers, maybe. Okay, so who did the Willie Tyler cartwheel? Well, last oh, week he it said was last Tyler. week against yeah, Boston. Last week it was Hold on a always- second. Yeah, this yes. year. This I thought he said yes. last year. Let me let me look at that. Yeah. Did he seriously do that? Yes, he did. I saw I saw a video of it. Oh my so. god! Yeah, I'm gonna go watch that now. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, he all. I mean, he had. Remember, they did like a. Um, they. They hit Notre Dame for like a thirty-yard trick play, I believe, against when they were at Purdue. Didn't they? Didn't they complete a pass on Cam Hart on something like that, like a like a pass so. it out wide and throw it downfield, something oh, like, like a that, du- like a double pass, double pass. Yeah, type of thing? Well, I mean, yeah. Th- nobody's impacted by this play. This was just so stupid. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's funny though. It's funny. This is the dumbest <laughs> thing ever. Like, what is that? That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. What the freaking heck are we doing here? Like and 
good on BC, like nobody reacts to it. And then play like yes. the way that play ended was so fitting for just that. The guy fumbles the ball and it goes out of bounds. It's like, what are we? It doing? worked before though, didn't it? Didn't it work like well no the idea. one time they tried it? I, I forget I like a few no years idea. ago. I could be wrong. I, I will say this, Ryan. I mean, I think yeah. that's dumb. But you know what? Those kids probably had a ton of fun doing that during the week. Oh, 100%. 100%. And at the end of the day, the way that they did it, he was distracting. It wasn't like to the play. They were trying to do something, you know, different. He was just trying to distract them. That, kids love that kind of stuff, you know. And then, you, you know, the first time the team saw Willie Tyler doing a freaking cartwheel in practice, they were loving it. So I, I can live with it. I just I, I love stuff like that, thing. man. Even if you never get the game day. Like, you remember, like the, um, remember when – uh, Lewis Nix had that like uh, direct snap touchdown yeah, or whatever spring in like game, spring yeah. game. Like that's just fun, man. It's yeah. fun stuff. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> what? No, but you know, Brom. That's kind of part of who Brom is, right? Like he'll do reverses. He'll do like screens. He'll do. I think I've seen him do like a, a hook and ladder before. Right? I was going to say hook and ladder like, is probably a decent idea with the amount of yeah. receivers that he has on this team yeah. but, or in the running back. So yeah. yeah, they'll do some stuff. I, you know, they'll, they'll do like a swing pass to the running back. who will throw it down. The, they'll do something like that. I'm trying to remember what it was against Purdue. They did something, Ryan, and it's going to bother yeah. me if I don't remember. So just let me look up that box score. Their name Purdue box score, 2021. It was 21, right? And their name won 27, 13. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a that was a sloppy game, very yeah. sloppy game. That was a very annoying game. Jack Plummer got knocked out of the knocked out of that game, so I don't see it right here. Um, no, see, they did. I know they did something, but it it wasn't um it wasn't a it wasn't like a running back pass or anything like that. The good news is the last time Notre Dame played Jeff Brom's offense, they had five point four yards per attempt and two point three yards per. Per rush, and that was the Marcus Freeman as the D coordinator, which so was also with some... Jack Plummer as quarterback. <laughs> exactly, they've seen him a lot because so, yeah. you asked me this yesterday. I was like, "There's no way this has ever happened where Notre Dame yeah. has beat the same quarterback three times, but for three different schools. There's no way that's ever happened. That's I mean, no way. Yeah, I just be shocked, I'd be Maybe shocked. Twice. And if it ever did happen, Maybe it would twice. be like something like in the World War II era or something like that, where <laughs> you know, I don't even know how that would have been possible. But yeah, because they beat him last year when he was with Purdue. And Cal. he has he has taken a little bit of a beating in his games against Notre Dame. He went 25 of 36 against Notre Dame two years ago, but he only threw for 180 some yards. <laughs> it was like, yeah, yeah it was a bunch of dump quick. offs. They yeah. did a you remember that game? They did a great job keeping David Bell in check in that game because then the only big play that David Bell had in that game, Ryan, was um, a diving catch near the like he had to like make this great catch over top of cam Hart in that game that's the yeah. only really play he had, he had 90 catch. 64 catch yards on seven catches and 32 of those came on that one play uh which i felt was like some kind of trick play but i have to go back and watch it again and then last year jack Plummer against Notre Dame for cow he actually hurt them more scrambling than he did throwing especially yeah. yeah so against Notre Dame last year for cow uh where is jack Plummer? where is that game they're not showing it here. It's like they're acting like he didn't play against Notre Dame last season. So let's go Notre Dame Cal box score in 2021. So, yeah, I'm looking at his game log on ESPN, and they're not showing the Notre Dame Cal game from last year. So I'm not quite sure why. But last year, Jack Plummer went 16 of 37 for 184 yards and a touchdown. And okay. he um, averaged 5.0 yards per carry. Now, he only rushed for 34 yards 
in that game on 12 carries, but they had a lot of sacks that game. <laughs> so that, that took away from, uh, you know, from that a little bit. So what was, what was the sack numbers that game? Let me, let me pull it up here real quick. Sack numbers, Notre Dame against Cal last year. They had six sacks for minus 47 yards. So if he ran for 34 yards and had minus 43 in sacks. That means he had a pretty good day running. You, if you remember that game, right? It was like terrible contain. They were like, the, there was one where Jason Adamiola just runs by him. Like, dude, you're a D tack. We can't ever run by the quarterback. Like, what are you doing? And uh, it was just really sloppy. But uh, yep. yeah, he, Sorry. he, he struggled. I, I, I saw this off season. They had like the ACC road trip stuff on ACC Network, and they were in Louisville. And Jack Plummer's got a really stupid mustache now, so I'm not. <laughs> Does worried he about really? Him. Yeah, it's yeah. really stupid. That's not good. Some people can pull That's off a mustache; others cannot. Jack Plummer nope. is in the second group on that one. <laughs> I, I'm also in the second group, though. I'm so in I can't that second talk. group. I could, well, I could yes. also not pull off a mustache. So I think good. I look ridiculous with a mustache. My dad had a mustache for a lot of my childhood, and uh, to my dad, my dad I just had a can't. Really- I, really ugly mustache too. So yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say my dad's was ugly. He could pull it off. I cannot. I cannot. Yeah. Some people can pull it I, off, man. Tom Selleck can pull it off like a champ. You know, I just yeah. can't. I just I mean, can't. I, I I don't think my dad could actually pull it off. It was just that I never knew any better <laughs> growing up. You know, I, I was gotcha. like he always had a mustache. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I got gotcha. you. I'm having a hard time picturing your dad with a mustache, man. I'm oh yeah. A tough time yeah. He that. had like the the curly hair and a mustache. And really? He had like a little bit yeah, of the, the fro thing happening, man. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, my dad had my dad had straight hair, but he had like the big seventies fro back in the day. Yeah. So your dad had the curly fro. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, we awesome. got to have naturally curly hair when we let it grow it out. So yeah, he had the curly gotcha. fro. Yeah. Do you as well? Do you have naturally curly yeah, hair? Yeah. If I if I if I okay. grew it out, it would it would like puff out. It would go down curl a little so. bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I want to see yeah. Ryan with an afro. Everybody. No. How how much super chat money would we, you know how people are always asking me how much super chats would how much super chat money would you have to give for Ryan to, to grow an afro. We, we we could easily do this by there's a thing called Photoshop that we could easily make this happen without it actually happening. So <laughs> I want it to actually happen. I want to see Ryan with the fro. That's yeah. what I want to see. All right, let's get back on track, Ryan. My wife would punch me in the face. That would not be a good idea. Understandably Coleman, so. <laughs> Coleman Smith from strictly a college football playoff perspective, does possible does it possible USC win cancel out a three point loss to Ohio State? Oh, clearly, clearly. Yeah. I mean. I would say more so than cancels it out because one of the things that they look at Ryan, when they're, they're looking at resumes is like game control and, 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 you know, they're going to realize like if Notre Dame beats USC and they control that game, they're going to look at Ohio state and be like, that was kind of a split. Ohio state had moments where they were the better team. Their name had moments where they were the better team. That was a good football game. And the more Ohio state wins, the better that looks for Notre Dame. But the, I'll say this, Ryan, and, and and I don't know if you agree or disagree with this. I have felt from the beginning that the media does a terrible job of portraying. Th- there's only one person that actually does this really well. Heather Dinich is the best at giving information on, on where teams are going to be ranked based off the criteria that she gets from them as opposed to her putting her own on it. And so uh-huh. many in the media try to say who they think should be here without looking at what the actual criteria is. And the committee sure. has always done a really good job of looking at the overall resume, not just the yeah. one good win, the one bad loss, the one good loss or whatever. They look at the entire resume. They've always given Notre Dame credit for the type of teams they schedule. While everybody else is complaining about Notre Dame schedule anyway, the committee has always respected Notre Dame schedule because they have talked about 
Nobody goes from coast to coast like they do. Nobody plays teams from all the Power Five conferences like they do. And so when you look at this year's schedule with Louisville being a good football team, I mean, Louisville's got to go one and six the rest of the way to be a bowl team. They're going to be better than one and six the rest of the way. You know, for all of NC State's struggles, they're still three and two. You know, Duke's going to is a good football team. They're going to they're going to keep winning some football games. Obviously, Ohio State, USC, Clemson is not vintage Clemson. If Notre Dame beats them, they're at best a nine and three team. That's still going to be top twenty five. You know, Wake Forest got smacked last week. I think they're what they're still three and one, three and two, right? So th- there's going to be a lot of respect for Notre Dame's schedule this year, Ryan. And and if they beat USC, especially the way that USC has played so far. There's going to be a lot of there's going to be a it's going to be a thing that gets a lot of respect and then if you go on the road and beat Clemson at that point in time then it's going to be even more respect so yeah they're three and one how do you how do you come on man come on Wake Forest they didn't lose this week they lost the week before they lost at home by 14 points to Georgia Tech who then went mm-hmm. at the next week at home got smacked by by Bowling Green yeah yeah who knows um who knows yeah yeah, yeah you're good Ryan if you need to yeah. So uh, that just made no sense to me. This has been such a weird season. But to your point, Coleman, it, it's not so much I, – I said at the beginning, yes, it cancels it out. But it's really not about canceling it out. It's more so about just being a big resume boost. The committee likes quality losses, right? We know that. But they also look at – they also care more about your wins. And if Notre Dame's sitting here at the end of the year and they're eleven and one, and they've their only losses to a what I think is going to be a very good Ohio State team, because what I've said about Ohio State and the reason I predicted Notre Dame to beat them, and they should have beat them, to be honest with you, is you look at Ohio State and with the the new offensive line coming together, the new quarterback, they were vulnerable to get beat by Notre Dame then. But I've always said when they get to November, it's going to be a really good football team, and the defense is even ahead of schedule. And so when I'm looking at this Ohio State football team, this is this is the first time in a few years they've had a defense capable of going into some of these big games and saying we're going to make stops. And and I and I really like what they're doing now. I think that's going to going to continue. We'll we'll see as they play better offenses. But you know I look at it like this and and say that that the overall resume, if you have a big win over USC, big meaning the the magnitude. And your only loss is a three-point road loss or home loss to you, Ohio State, where you led late in the fourth quarter. They needed the last play of the game to beat you. That's going to look very favorably in the on the, the committee is going to look very favorably on that. Will that be enough to get him in? I think so, but that just depends on kind of what happens between now and the end of the season. There's a lot we're there's a lot we need to see. There's a lot we need to see. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The month of October is going to be jam-packed with huge games for Notre Dame. And ticket hunting for those games can be stressful, which is why you need to check out Game Time. Whether you're looking for last-minute tickets to this week's top 25 matchup between the Irish and Louisville, or next week when Notre Dame takes on USC, Game Time is the go-to place for you. That's where I went and got tickets to the Notre Dame-Clemson game for my mom and dad. 
Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Coleman also has another question. He asks, Would you give Braylon James some burn? Honestly, everything Tobias is doing right now, I feel Braylon could replicate. Again, that's that. This is what I don't like that we do a, a, a ton is to say, well, we haven't seen this guy struggle. We've seen this guy struggle, so obviously this guy wouldn't struggle. Look, would I give Braylon James some burn? Yeah, I, I would. We talked about that last week. I would have played him last week. But I'll say it again. You can't just toss Tobias Merriweather aside. You've got to find a way to get him going. Eventually, if it doesn't happen, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. But even though I would give Braylon James some burn, the whole the whole point, even if you're correct that he could replicate what Tobias is doing right now, why would you want two guys playing the way Tobias is playing right now? Like that doesn't make right. any sense. Yep. They need to get Tobias going. Would I also like to see them find something for Braylon? Yeah, they should have done that last week, in my opinion. Uh, hey, hey, Braylon, we're going to put you in there and just try to win off the line and go real fast and just, you know what I mean? And just, and, you know, but they decided not to do that. And, um, you know, I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. But I would have given him some burn. But the, the bigger key, the more important thing, Ryan, is not getting, figuring out ways to get Braylon James on the field. You got to figure out how to get Tobias Merriweather going. That's the that's sure. the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, there's there's wide receivers that definitely need a little bit of a confidence boost. I will say this though, there's probably no more natural deep threat on the roster right now than Braylon James, in my opinion. Like that kid just understands how to do it. I mean, you even saw it in the in the spring, in the fall, right? As far as like his ability to really work and create big plays. I mean, I know it's practice. If but he still, wins off the line, Ryan, it. they could not cover him. Notre Dame's corners. If it, the only hope you had against Braylon James is you better beat him off the line. Yep. Because if you don't beat him off the line, he's going to smoke you. I mean, that's just yeah. That's just the reality of it. So talented kid, man. Talented kid. You need to find ways to that's, get talented kids on the field. That's the frustrating thing, right? Is this receiving core has way more talent than they're showing right now, and that's why I say yep. it's it's partly players, but it's also partly coaching, in my opinion. Agreed. Here's a let's go to uh, T Smith. Here we go. T. Smith says, which team in college football this year would you say has been the most improved team this season so far? Most improved, most improved team. I mean, there, there's there's a lot um, that we've seen so far. Um, who's been the most improved? Well, Miami looks a lot better than they have looked than they looked yeah, last they're year. They're much better. They're much they're, better. They're a, they're a, Texas A&M is a much improved football team over over last season. 
Um, they look a lot better than they did last year. Yeah. So you know, Maryland, we're going to find a lot of a lot about Maryland this weekend, Ryan. You know, because they you know they obviously they got to go to Ohio State. But look, Maryland's done what they need to do, man. They've played teams that they're clearly better than, and they've they've gone and they've smoked them. You know, so. Yeah. But th- this is kind of where they were last year too. You know, they start off well again, beating teams that they're supposed to beat. But uh, I-, I like what Miami's done so far. I mean, they've yet to play a really competitive game, Ryan. The Texas A&M was competitive for a little bit, but then they kind of rolled it in the second half. And that 38-3 win over Miami of Ohio looks a whole lot better now than it did before, because Miami Ohio is now four and one with a win a win at Cincinnati. Right. So uh, that win looks a whole lot better now for Miami. So I think Miami's a much improved team. Uh, look, I, I can't stand the guy, Ryan, but but I, I, I got to say, man, Texas A&M, yeah, you talked about their talent yesterday, and it's very true, but they look better as a team this year. They look better coached as a team this year. They, they don't make as many mistakes as they've made in the past. They're just a better football team. How will yeah. that continue when the, the schedule ramps up a little bit? We'll find out, but beating Arkansas in a neutral field the way that they did, they were clearly the better team that day. That day, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got to give it to them, man. Like, look, just because I don't like the guy, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna back off of it. Uh, Washington State, Ryan looks a whole lot better this year. I'm gonna throw one out there for you, Ryan, that nobody's talking about. You know who else looks a lot better this year than they did last year? Props to him, Neil Brown at West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, they're a lot more competitive I mean, this year. Yeah, they're they four are. and one. Yep they they lost to, to Penn State thirty eight fifteen. Penn State put one on at the end of the game. They blew out Duquesne. They beat Pitt by eleven. They beat Texas Tech by a touchdown. And then this past weekend, they went on the road and beat TCU. Yeah, you know, so um, they're a lot better football team. And when you look at where they were last year, you know, at this yeah. time, like, you know, they they, they were. They went five and seven last year. They were three, two and three through the first five games. Oh, they were bad last um, year. They were bad last year. They were really bad last year. Yeah. So yeah, I. Uh, I would say I like, um, an eight, an eight and five team that might contend for a national championship this year. I think Texas is a Texas, whole yeah. lot better. Whole lot yeah. better. Yes. Agree. Agree. They were all talent last year, but now they actually have a little bit of a uh, little something to them, a little substance. I like yeah, that. exactly. I, I, I'm going to tell you, man, I, I, when the, if they can run, if they can keep running the ball and being balanced. Yeah. I'm, I'm the running like back's pretty good, man. Them. The Brooks kid, yeah. number 24, he's a pretty good little player. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. The, and I'll tell you, too, another team, Kentucky, for whatever reason, Liam Cohen, it, it's not that he puts up impressive numbers, but he just, they're just, they just do the job when he's their offensive coordinator. I mean, he, yes. they just they just do the job, man. They're just a more competent team. Yeah. Uh, so they're another team that's that's been improved this year, uh, in my view. Let's see if there's any other. LSU is not more improved this year uh, than they were last year. So yeah, those are those are some teams off the top of my head, Ryan. That um, I, I know Washington State being improved does not surprise you at all. You've been talking about that one for months. Well, the the. Ascension of Cameron Ward has surprised me a little bit. I thought he was going to be significantly really? better. I did not think he would be one of the top three, four passers in college football right now. Mm-hmm. I did not see that one coming personally. So, yeah, yeah. No, I thought he was going to be really good, but I did not quite think that he was going to be. I mean, he's playing like an elite level quarterback right yeah. now. So that's, that's something, man. It's something. His production so far this season. I mean, you talk no, and nobody's talking about it, but he's completing seventy four point six percent of his passes, thirteen hundred ninety yards, and they've played what four games. It's only I believe yep. only has played four games so far, right? They're they're um they're four and zero, correct? I believe so. And yeah, because they didn't play last weekend. 
So he is 1,390 yards in only four games, 13 touchdowns in four games, no picks. Yeah. Uh, he got sacked a bunch the first two games, but not the last couple games. 187.1 quarterback rating, and he's ran for 109 yards and three touchdowns. He's got 16 touchdowns in four games. That's four touchdowns per game. And here's the thing. They've played a, a decent Colorado State team who they blew out. They played a decent Wisconsin team who they only won by nine, but it was never like a game no, everybody thought Wisconsin was going to win. They yeah. blew out Northern Colorado is not good, but then they won uh, over a very good Oregon State team, and they only won by three. But Ryan, that game was never that close. It was not. right. They no. it was it was it was it was thirty five fourteen going into the fourth quarter. Oregon State scores to make it thirty five twenty one. Oregon uh, Washington State gets a field goal to make it seventeen again. Oregon scored again to make it a ten point game, and then their last touchdown came with a minute twelve left to make it three. So like it got a little hairy at the end, but. Washington State was clearly the better football team that day. And Oregon, Oregon State's a really good defense as well. And yes. Cameron Ward tore them apart yep. in that football game. He threw for like four yep. something yards in that one. So yep. He and efficient too. Like yep. he went 28 of 34 for eleven point nine yards per per attempt. That's pretty good. Decent. Like that's really good. Yeah, I'm. Let me just pull, give you guys some context for this one, just to to give you an example of this one. The next best performance that they've allowed this year is 256 yards to San Diego State, and a lot of that came late. Um, the highest yards per attempt they've allowed this year is eight, and last year, Oregon State only allowed. 8.0 yards per attempt or more three times. 8.0 against Utah, 8.0 against Oregon, 8.2 against Florida. Last year, Caleb Williams went 16 of 36 for 180 yards against this Oregon State defense. That's it. The only person that really I thought had like a really good game against Oregon State last year, like a really good game, not just stats-wise, but like, like yards-wise, but overall like really good game, was Jake Hayner. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he he was really good that game, but like, um, when you look at uh, where was it? Washington State threw for three hundred forty five yards against Oregon State last year. This is the difference between this year and last year, Ryan. Washington State still threw for three forty five last year, but it was twenty five of thirty four is what they did in that game. So and they averaged six point four yards per attempt, forty six point three percent completion rate, and they threw one touchdown and one pick. So it was a big difference between how they performed in that game and, and how he performed in this game, which way more efficient, way more efficient. So they've been, they've been fun to watch so far this year. And they play D Ryan. It's like, that's the thing is their defense. They've got a quality defense. Very, they were better defense defense. than offense last year. So. Yeah. Well, what was it? What was, wasn't there like a guy got hurt or something against USC and then that's when USC poured it on late, but it was a very competitive game for like three quarters against close. USC last year. It was very close. Yep. We had a question from Coleman Smith who says thoughts on Riley Mills this year, halfway through, I would give him a B the line hasn't been turned loose fully and he has used as a space eater, but he's missed a handful of plays. Name me a defensive line in the lineman in the country who has not missed some plays here and there. Like this is the thing that kind of drives me nuts a little bit. It's like with certain players, they only remember the misses and they just yep. ignore all the other stuff. Right. He would have a B plus or an A minus for me. I think that yeah. Riley Mills has been very good this season. Very B plus good. is where I'd go, Ryan, just because I want to see yeah. him finish at the ball a little bit better. 
Sure. But he's been very good. Very he good. Is, and Howard Cross is, is an A. I mean, yeah. he's been great. Riley Mills has assumed any role that you have asked him to play this year as well, which is important. Yep. Very important. Last one from right. Coleman. Coleman says, is Eli Raritan expected to return this week or are we saving his return for USC? They said he's cleared for this week. I don't know how much that, that means he'll play, but they said he's cleared for this week. Shall, shall see. Yeah. Domer Grizz says, if there is one with no buy for another two weeks, how do the coaches manage player loads, especially at thin positions without sacrificing development? Well, I mean, there's really only, I mean, what positions are they thin besides receiver right now? Am I forgetting something? They're not thin at linebacker. They're not thin at safety. They're not thin at running back. They're not thin at tight end, especially now that Eli Raritan's back. And they have like six walk-on tight ends. So, I mean, it really comes down to you're at the point of the, you're at the time of the year, Domer Grizz, where practices aren't two and a half, three hours long, 500 reps. You know, it's get in there, get your work done. So, you know, to me, you got to power through the next two weeks. That's just what it comes down to. There are things you do to to make sure that guys are, you know, if guys are, you, you check the GPS guy, some guys just, his numbers are way down. He needs to refresh me. You may give, you know, pull back a little bit, but a lot of that stuff, Ryan, isn't just necessarily about, especially nowadays, there's such a greater understanding of recovery and, and ways that you can expedite recovery beyond just not playing a guy. It used to be where a guy needed to, to, to bounce back. You just gave him time off. Now there's things you can do in your training, your, your training room that can help expedite recovery, even if a guy's still practicing. So it's about recognizing those things and making sure that you have a plan for him, you know, post-practice and pre-practice and things like that. And then there may come a time where the coaches have to manage his load, but like managing load is, is not meaning like you're just sitting on the sidelines all day, you know, and then there's things as a coach that you do, if you are managing a load where it's like, okay, you're not going to get a ton of reps today, but here's the thing, you know, like, so let's say Sam Hartman's got a, you know, a little bit of a gimpy ankle, Right. And, and so you're going to limit his his work, but he's standing right by the OC the entire time in there. And and you're actually Mid- having Mid- him. Mid- yeah. yeah. Or you're even saying, hey, I need you to call in the plays like there's things you can do to keep a guy engaged uh, that that help him make sure he's locked in. And, and and sometimes Ryan's having a player sing things from the coach's point of view can be really beneficial. And, and so that's 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 the whole, you know, what are mental reps? It's that right there. You want to see it. You want a guy to see it from a coach's point of view, which will then help him understand it, how to go execute it when he's back out there. Yep. I agree. Got some super chats there, Ryan. Okay. And this one's from Nathan Milton, who says, we have a young roster. Hashtag never forget. Hashtag by Felicia. Yeah, I just, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, I, it was, it was great. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go too deep into this, but I love the response for Brian Kelly after this last loss. It's like that he said, you know, uh, Oh, you know, we, we, we just have a lot of inexperience and there's no guys walking through that door. Like, yeah. all right, guy. All right. Just say you lost. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> just say you lost. <laughs> Did you hear him, Ryan, say where, you know, somebody asked him about play calling on defense and he was like, you know, I didn't really see any issues with play calling. I'm like, bro, this is what he does. I swear it's because he believes, and I, I truly believe this, Ryan. He believes that if he admits a coach did something bad, it's as if like he, he he has to admit that he did something wrong and he's just yeah. completely unwilling to do that. It's just the weirdest thing. Yeah. I just, just I, I don't know, man. I, I saw his clip on YouTube on Twitter and I'm just like, that is just, just who he is, man. Yeah. Just who he is. I'm sorry. It's hilarious. Just, it is what it is. 
And we had another super chat from Tyler Evans. Thank you so much, Tyler. Said, how can Notre Dame improve on third down? Well, I'm not sure if you're talking about offense or defense. Uh, Offensively, they were really bad this this week, right on third down. Uh, And that's that's it right there, Ryan, is they had a bad game on third down. Overall, this season, they've been pretty good on third down. I I was going to say, like, I didn't remember it. I was going to say, I didn't remember it being an issue outside of this mm-hmm. past game where the offense no. was just atrocious in general. Yeah, so. exactly. It was just they played poorly. Now, I don't love the third down plan this week. I really felt like Notre Dame was expecting a lot more zone than they got. And they just, they, they, and then the zones they were playing, they were running routes right into their hands. I, and then the other part is, is some of the stuff on third down might have worked if you had time to get into the routes. But by the time the guys got to the top end of their routes, the quarterback was running for his life or throwing the ball away yeah. or forcing a ball because somebody was in his face. So it just comes down to executing better, Tyler. They've had a pretty good third down plan uh, so far this season. You know, even even with the struggles that they had this past week, Ryan, they still rank in the top 30 in third down offense. And they are 29th in third down offense at 46.4%. So yeah. uh, last year, 46.4 for context would have ranked 16th. You know, because there's still some teams that have a little bit puffed up stats because they haven't quite got into their schedule and things along those lines. But uh, um, yeah, I they've been a pretty good red zone or third down offense so far this year, and they just they got to get back to executing and and adjusting. And it really comes down to being up front. And they got themselves in a little too few many third and longs on Saturday as well, yes. or on Saturday as well. But even the third and shorts and stuff, they weren't very effective on. Uh, as they have been in the past against Duke. So yep. it's just about – honestly, it's about bouncing back. It's it's you, you can't overreact to one game. You find you correct the things that, that cost you and and uh, and make those adjustments. Hey, hey Notre Dame was 100% on uh, fourth downs on Saturday, so that's yeah, what's up. Neat as that. <laughs> I, I'd say, you know, the side of the ball that needs to get better on third down is, is, the, is the defense. Yeah. They haven't been good on third down the last two weeks. They were pretty good the first four games on third down, partly because they weren't playing very good teams. But they've against three power five teams, Ryan, all of them have been at forty percent or higher on third down. Yeah. So that's got to that's something that's got to get addressed for the defense. There's no doubt about yeah. that. Definitely cannot have an eject plumber this week. Definitely cannot have new, 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 new. The yeah. good news. Well, actually, let me let me refresh my memory a little bit on that. Uh, Yes, he went four of 15 against Notre Dame on third down last year, and they went four of 16 against Notre Dame on third down two years ago. If you remember that game, they brought in Aiden O'Connell off the bench at some point in time that game. He got picked off twice. They actually moved the ball. That was the only time they really moved the ball was when they brought Aiden O'Connell in. Aiden O'Connell, who actually started this week for the Las Vegas Raiders. So there there you are. Crazy. Crazy. Terrible from what I saw either, but...
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.